Cards on the Table, a podcast about board games, card games, and tabletop war games. All right, welcome back to On the Table Gaming, episode 37. I'm Chase. I'm Josh. Guess what? We get to talk about more Song of Ice and Fire. It's happening, folks. We're doing it again. Okay, so after our last episode, got thinking about how we're kind of talking about, you know, as a community, we got to avoid, like, over-speculating, right? You put information out there that's maybe misleading, and then people run with it. And it can cause some problems. You know, I started thinking about it, Josh. You know, the big problem is that uh, speculating about things is actually really, really fun. So, <laughs> so uh, as long as you don't take it seriously, then it can't hurt anybody, right? So, can we like maybe de- like have an episode dedicated to just like rampant speculation? Uh, let's. Okay, so like what, what we have to have, like some sort of disclaimer here. We basically got to say we know nothing, and we're just going to talk about what would be cool. Um, we don't have any dates for things. We don't know what these things do. But, you know, in the realm of possibility, let's have some speculation. So the speculation tags are now in effect. You know, something we haven't talked about, but we saw box art a while ago, was that Builder Stone Thrower for the Night's Watch. It's another siege weapon. And, you know, I'm, I just won, I wonder, like, what, what might it do? <laughs> I don't know. Let's, let's do some speculation here. Hey, one of the things I think is interesting is, um, so this is another you know, siege weapons specifically for the Night's Watch. They're the only ones who have them at this point, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a, a sub-faction identity for them is the fact that they have these massive, you know, sort of armaments. But, I mean, if I had to guess, uh, I would say this thing is obviously going to, I would, I don't know, obviously, but probably going to ignore line of sight, right? Because it's chucking stuff over enemy units. I think that's probably a pretty... Okay, sp- yeah, that makes sense. And if I had to speculate further, the other thing I think it might do is act sort of like a uh, giant swing where if it hits at all, it does a ton of damage. It's kind of like a you, know, you roll your dice and if it lands, then it's going to deal some like crazy amount of just straight wounds. So it's either going to like completely miss or do a ton of damage. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Uh, now, and I wonder, let me just take a look here. Oh, okay, so, okay, so you know, one thing to think about actually is there are some War Machine modifications that you can get for the Night's Watch that came in the hero box too. So there's a Scorpion modification that gives it order, ready, aim, fire. When this unit is targeted by a charge from the front, this unit may make one ranged attack action against that enemy before they resolve their charge action. And then they have rapid reload. When this unit is targeted by a maneuver zone, it may replace that zone's effect with, this unit may make a free ranged attack. So at first I was just looking at that because I was like, oh man, I wonder if that'll work on the the uh boulder thrower here but it does say scorpion modification specifically even though there's nowhere on the tag that says like this can only be used on scorpions but maybe it doesn't have to have a rule maybe just the title is the actual ruling feels like that would probably be true yeah probably (laughs) Uh, so i'm guessing then probably down the line i'm speculating that there may be some modifications for this uh stone thrower and I wonder if maybe that could be like different types of ammunition or something. It might throw different materials, you know, like a pitch or like tar jar or something. I don't know. Maybe that's getting the way too Enemy heads. Enemy heads, severed heads. Ooh. <laughs> All I know is this guy who doesn't seem very night's watchy though. <laughs> yeah, right. This guy picking up the stone on the front of the box probably needs to lift more with his legs and less with his back. He's Seriously, gonna, he's going to throw his back himself. out. Holy crap. <laughs> also, like, what's he doing? Because like, the 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 uh, stone thrower is like in action. Yeah. He's like a little early on the load there, or like 
I don't know. He's just posing. I think he's, I don't know. I think he's picking it up and carrying it back for later. <laughs> Is he? Why would they store, they store <laughs> the ball, they store the balls awfully far. <laughs> oh yeah. Look at them all back there. I think actually, what would you be disappointed if you got it and you opened up and, and he is the builder stone thrower. It's just a guy like <laughs> shot putting him. <laughs> There's a bunch of that miniature. Like, Oh, okay. So that, that's it. probably one of our speculation things that, that won't come true. I, I'm guessing there will be an actual yeah, uh, that's in there. Likely. But it'll be cool. I mean, I wonder, who knows? I mean, maybe they'll do something with the range on this one. I mean, maybe it's going to be able to shoot further. I mean, that'd be interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, the other unit that we haven't really talked about, and I feel like it's a unit that maybe got uh, lost in all the excitement about the new Baratheon release, is that we did see the box art for the stack. Uh, we did see the box art for the stag knights, and they look like the uh, Baratheon wardens except these guys have like giant antlers on their head. And it just gets me wondering, like, I wonder what kind of role they might play considering that the Night's Watch had like the Sworn Brothers and then the Veterans of the Watch. If this is like the elite unit for the Baratheons, you know, what, what kind of design space do we have here? Because the other guys have like good armor, they're slow, and then they've got their war hammers, which when the enemy attacks them, if they roll a one when they're getting hit, they give those guys a weakened token. You know, what, what room is for this? I mean, maybe it's like an offensive unit? I would have to say, yeah, because I mean, looking at what the Baratheons have so far, I know they have a cavalry unit incoming, but then, or do, or do they? Do they have cavalry? We, we do don't know. Cavalry? We okay. don't know. Well, I'm, I'm assuming at some point they will, because that's what, one of the things they're known for, but these are nice. More speculation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so then, you know, for these guys particularly, I think they're going to need something with some offensive punch. So if I had to guess based on these guys using these like crazy two-handed weapons, maybe they have, I don't know, just good armor, good damage output, but they're kind of slow. You know what I mean? Like maybe they're like berserkers, but they're just not quick. So they have good armor. You think their dice would get up that high? Who knows? Like, I mean, it's possible. Think, like, do you think we'll see increased dice or do you think it'll be increased like abilities, like sundering seems like an easy one, right? The smashing through things with. I always with see like the, hammers as being sundering, unless your armor is made out of like like wood. I what? think it'd be more. That's what that's what hammers were made for to deal with people <laughs> in full plate because you can't stab through it. But that doesn't seem like sundering. That just seems like. Smashing I guess you're right. Denting. I mean, like sundering is like going through your like it's getting through your armor as opposed to like just like hitting you despite your armor. But I would see these guys as maybe like rolling a ton of dice because like I think what they're going to be is like, you know, the sort of offensive profile of like a charging Knights of Casterly Rock all the time. But then oh, because they're, okay. losing, they're losing mobility, right, because they, they're on foot, uh, that they, they have to make up for it. So they're going to roll like more dice all the time. I guess that makes sense. I guess in my initial analogy, I just saw them as like a kind of a somewhat similar position in the box as the the veterans of the watch. So I was thinking initially like maybe a, a similar like slightly better profile like an eight seven six hitting on a three plus instead of a four plus with like more abilities but now um, that i hear you kind of talking about actually having more like a greater offensive capability maybe that makes sense these guys maybe feel like well, these guys really do have to like push out a ton of damage because everything else that we've seen and by everything i mean baratheon wardens um they are not they're more of like a durable unit well, and it's possible that these guys will like be like their faction and they will will be assigning and playing with tokens right yeah. like that there's a possibility that these guys have 
you know, if the opponent rolls X on X roll, they get, you know, this token. So right. there's it, maybe they, uh, you know, assign more tokens. Maybe they're scary. So they, you know, assign panic tokens well, actually, when they charge and things like that. Yeah. Now looking at it, I realize that we don't know what the Baratheon Warden attachment does. The attachment we've seen is actually the Stagnite Noble. And maybe that goes with the Stagnite troops themselves. And so his ability was uh, Reckless Vengeance. It's an order. After this unit is attacked with melee, this unit suffers two wounds and then makes one melee attack targeting the attacker. So I guess maybe, yeah, maybe if the Knights are really like powerhouse offensive unit, you have them take two wounds and they're kind of doing that berserker thing where you hurt me and I hurt you in this capability, except, you know, with actual armor. I, I think these guys would sort of like lose that you know, inverse um, sort of profile that the Berserkers have where they get like better as they lose guys, but then they would make up for that with armor, you know? Yeah. So I think like heavy I armor, know, like... Is, are you excited uh, for these guys though? Oh yeah. I mean, they look awesome. So I, 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 I got to say that they're going to be fascinating. I mean, I still, it's going to require a massive shift in my game planning because like heavy infantry is like, for me, has always been really tough because you have to like, you know, a lot of this game, a lot of these game modes, you have to get to an objective as quick as you can. And if you have, in a really slow armor uh, infantry, it does take time for them to get there. So your opponent could just, you know, sit on a point. It's kind of hilarious that both of us like flipped our faction or our faction identities, like flipped our play style where I, I really liked like the heavy armored slow. Like that was the way I was playing Lannister initially. And then it yeah. was like, oh, I'll go to free folk. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> like what's going on? <laughs> and uh, you're going to go from this year. You're, you're like super maneuverable on the battlefield. Like, I feel like you really maximize your movement. I think that's like your old X-Wing player instincts as well. Um, yeah. And now you're going to be the, the slow guys. And it'll be interesting to play like a completely different style of play. I mean, assuming that, again, we're speculating here. So who the heck knows? This could be a 20-point unit that just kills everything. Or it's it could just, be like a, you know, a six-point unit that's just like, you know, eh. We'll have Man, to wait. I, yeah. Um, and we don't have any dates. We have no idea. In my heart, though, when every time I say that, because people ask on like a YouTube video, like, when is this stuff coming out? And I'm like, we don't know. Uh, yeah. Deep, deep down inside, like, I secretly hope it's Gen Con that they do like a Gen Con release. Uh, I don't know if I'm not even like, is it even like bad just to put that out there? I think everybody's like thinking that. But Gen Con, when is that? Is that in like that's May August? Or June? Oh, August. So oh, it's wait, this up. year? Yeah, it's like in a month. Dude, no way. No, no <laughs> There's way. There's no way. It's going on for Gen Con. I mean, it'd be awesome, but... <laughs> All right. That's probably think... the realistic thing. I just feel like yeah. in my heart, I'm like, please, like, that would be yeah. so cool. I think um, that would be a great be... idea for them to, like, put themselves out there at Gen Con. I think it's a it's great August 1st. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Well, the like, thing is, right. like, and this is maybe a whole separate thing, but, like, uh, this game is really growing, and, like, Simon's been really, really pushing this. Um, I, I know in the beginning, it, there was some, like, criticism. People felt like, you know, why aren't they getting the game out enough? Or like, why don't people know about it? And like, they gave away so many starter sets at major events that a lot of people have started picking up like additional resources. And I'm, I'm coming into contact with more and more people asking basic questions that were like, yeah, like, you know, hey, I got a free starter set. Uh, I was just talking to a guy today. He, he messaged me on, on uh, YouTube and was like, hey, I got a free starter set. And I actually sold my Games Workshop stuff that I wasn't really using to just get a bunch of a song of ice and fire stuff. And it's like, I got so much, like I got so much stuff. Like, what do I do with this now? I got like, you know, how do I make units or something? And it was like, okay, <laughs> like, what do we got here? Um, but 
you know, the community is growing. And I think CMON is doing a crazy good job, like pushing it, uh, actually. Sure. Definitely. I mean, yeah. I'm sure they'll have a presence at Gen Con. I just don't, I don't know that they would have like the Baratheons and Targaryens there. I mean, if you're going and you want to, you know, buy us a couple starters and ship them back to, you know, uh, on the there table we headquarters, we won't complain. Yes, there we go. Um, <laughs> yeah, but you're right. So I just added to horrible speculation. When that spirals out of control on Facebook and someone's like, I heard on On The Table Gaming that they said it's coming out of yeah. Gen Con, it's probably not. But you know, like how you still secretly, you still secretly, like, you know, you're like, hey, it turns out uh, climate change, like we're all screwed. And you're like, secretly, I hope it's not true. <laughs> it, it's true. <laughs> Maybe I'll cut that. I don't know. <laughs> oh, but, man. Yeah. So we actually had some questions as well from the Facebook group. Uh, so on the on the Table Gaming Facebook page, uh, it was John Craig uh, who actually got us started thinking about speculations in general. And uh, he was asking us to speculate on the Thens and then to give a general impression of like where the free focus of faction is. He was saying like when it first came out, it felt like it was the worst faction. Now that's been out for a while. What do people think? Uh, we'll cycle back to that. But I think that was always maybe a misconception. Uh, but uh the then uh so that's another unit that we've seen the box art for and, I, and for me i feel like the box art like they nailed it i really wish i knew who the artists were for a lot of this newer art i tried looking on the back of the box i couldn't seem to find it but they are really looking awesome and so the then uh these guys are like way out so the then then is actually like a reason uh, so then is actually like a region above the wall and so the people who live in that region are the thens and so they're like the most disciplined and organized of all the free folk. So they have a leader, the Magnar of Then, who right now is, and I was saying it wrong, I kept saying Steer, it's Steyr. Um, so uh, Steyr is their Magnar, and he was defeated by Mance Raider like three times, so he joins up with him. And so they are the most organized, most sophisticated. They have laws, they have lords of their valley, and they're very, like, you know, as comparative to the free folk, they are the most disciplined best equipped troops and so they've actually instead of uh bone and stone they use more bronze weapons and they actually wear leather armor with some bronze disc and scale so they're gonna have armor and so the question is like how good of armor is being armored like are we gonna be like great they have armor it's a five or six save like no <laughs> like I'm hoping for like a four plus. I feel like it would be a little ridiculous if it was a three plus. Like I'm thinking maybe their best thing is like a sworn, uh, like a sworn sword level, like a Stark basic infantry. Right. Yeah, because uh, I mean, what the Raiders are five plus. Uh, yeah. I mean, I would say it's probably a good bet that it's like a four plus. A four plus would be kind of like elite armor for them because I don't think anybody else has anything close to that, right? Besides maybe the the savages or the savage giants, rather. Uh, yeah, the savage giants have a four plus. The followers of bone have a five plus. Uh, the bone lords chosen have a four plus. That's right. So, because that's because they're with the bone lord. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, I mean, I don't know, four plus. You know, these guys come out. Yeah, I mean, so four plus, obviously, I mean, so in the show, they were the ones with, like, the scars on their face, right? They were the ones who, like, ate everybody. And they're like, nobody liked them. Because doesn't, doesn't, uh, what's yeah, the Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, you're there. right. Yeah. So I don't, I think I'm assuming, like, you know, for the show, for the book, rather, I mean, they're probably going to stay closer to that sort of uh Because th those guys seem like just straight up berserkers on, on, the, on the TV show. This is right. Probably. 
in the in the books, at least from the descriptions, they sound like they're basically like Celtic, uh, more like kind of like that Nordic style, like the Viking inspired armor with these tools. But they have like lords, like what would be the Vikings would have like thanes. These guys have thens. Like so, I'm picturing more of that envisionment, and that's what I think with the box art. I felt like they kind of really nailed that vibe. Yeah. Well, it was interesting, this little line here about having more dealings with giants than other men. I think maybe yeah. that could be kind of cool. Like maybe they could have some, uh, you know, synergies with giants. You know what I mean? Maybe they can make their giants more effective or they're more Ooh, effective giants nearby. That, that would could be, be cool. Because I think they are, they speak the, they, they speak the old tongue. They don't actually speak common. So they don't actually, they can't even like communicate with a lot of the other free folk units. But they can speak with giants then. So... Wow, that would be crazy to have like a heavily armored unit that had some way to like bolster giants. Jeez. Kind of cool. Cause like you, you keep them in that little like sphere of control and these like little guys <laughs> urging the giant on. And now we're really speculating, I think, but I would, yeah, I would love to see this. We're off the rails officially. <laughs> but hey, you know, whatever. That's the fun part. Uh, I would also I'm, just love, I mean, they, they have spears and axes and stuff. I'd love to see a unit that had like, I, it would be ridiculous to have like a spear wall ability, but some sort of like more defensive anchor unit that would be able to be able to take a charge and like hold the line. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that um, would be cool. It'd be cool for the free folk. I mean, I feel like they need something like that just so that they like kind of hold a spot while the Raiders jump on their backs. Yeah. All right. And they have like an anvil that you can then be like, great. Now everybody charge into that thing. Cause a lot of times I'll be like, okay, like I have my Raider unit out there for bait. If you charge it, then I'm going to smash you with everything. And then you just like charge and wipe out the unit. And then you'll be like, for my maneuver, I move back to where I was. <laughs> like son of a gun come back here i don't know i mean i, I still think so i mean uh, with his question about the uh being worst faction now that we had time to play i mean i do you agree with that i don't really think that they're the worst faction so we did a poll on a song of ice and fire uh a few months ago now and it's probably getting time that we do like maybe around the time of gen con we'll do another poll just like a quick pulse of the community but um it was seen that the free folk people felt that the free folk were the worst faction in quotes there. Uh, and the funny thing was that this happened at the exact same time that um, we had Adepticon being won by a free folk list that was literally just starter sets, like no other stuff, just a bunch of starter sets. And they just spammed a bunch of units. So going back to that, it was the, uh, which he feels the least powerful at this time. It was the Free Folk at 35% of votes. And people thought the Night's Watch was the most powerful. Right. But I do think that that's, do you think that that's definitely true? I mean, because I, I think. No, I mean, that was just people's feelings, right? And like, yeah. you know, we're trying yeah. to, we're still working on the tournament tracker, but we're hearing people like report individual events. And it still seems like it's a wide open field. And it feels to me like the Free Folk is probably, I, I know we've said this a lot, but I still feel like it's probably the most like strategy intensive of all of the armies. So in a lot of ways, it can feel bad because it, it's like kind of that glass cannon. Like, you know, if you play it wrong, yeah, your crummy Raider units are going to go right. down hard and fast and often. And you're going to feel like, you know, I'm throwing two, three units at a, at a guy and I'm not doing anything like you have to be very, very judicious in the use of those free folk and make sure that you're playing the right list for the right objectives. Uh, right. I feel to... like in my personal experience, um, I found that I've done much better with them playing against random people with random lists 
than I have playing against people that knew I was bringing free folk and could plan specifically for it. There's a few uh, Bowman lists that have really struggled, like a heavy Stark Bowman list with Tully Sworn Shields, where it's just like, oh, geez. And, but it's like, you know, they know that's what I'm, fa- uh, you know, I'm coming with free folk. Right. Here's what you're bringing. And it's like, oh, it's like really been tough to get through, uh, even with like spreading out for objectives. I saw some of the day post one that really scared me where they were saying, hey, for tournaments, here's my A list. And then my B list is just for, I forget what scenario, but it was this, this one scenario and for all free folk players. And it was just, <laughs> it was all spammed berserkers and great axes. It was like, you know, five unit of great axes, you know, uh, some ridiculous number of things. And I was just like, huh. And I started like thinking like, okay, well, how would I fight that? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I want to make an all berserker army one time. Just like, I think that they're so ridiculously good for their points. I know that they, you know, can take a lot of damage, but geez Louise. So I can imagine through a free folk army. Well, we've got uh, Yano, who's uh, the programmer working on our uh, tracker. Uh, he went up and won a tournament like a month ago, maybe six weeks ago. And uh, he really likes playing Berserkers. He's writing up a tactics talk for us right now. But he would just go like Berserker army with a bunch of attachments, uh, not with a bunch of, with a bunch of NCUs and just like, you know, work you over. And uh, yeah, those can be a really problematic unit for Free Folk. Now, the cool thing is if you are a Free Folk player, um, Heroes Box 2, it's just a whole new game. Like, I honestly am having problems now as Free Folk, not because of my situation, but because I'm having a hard time, like, building new lists because there's so much cool stuff. And it's, like, all these cool, like, force multipliers that make your stuff so good. Uh, And the problem I'm having is, like, you know, trying to figure out what to put in, what to leave out. Right. Like, there's, there's almost, like, too good, too much good stuff. And so, like, I try to put, like, a little bit of everything in, and then it's, like, you know, like you put your army on the table and you realize you're like, oh, I've I've included like one of every cool thing. And like, it's all amazing, but like all together, it's just kind of crappy. Like, you know, it's like they're not bad. It's just that I probably didn't need all of these things together that don't really synergize together. I should just take a few of them. Um, but I mean, God, there's so many options now and really being able to get more out of your units. It's just great. You know, I feel like, if the free folks had had this sort of game plan in the first month of their release, I feel like people's perceptions might be that this faction is like almost overpowered. Um, so. It's a possibility. I mean, I, I think that if I had to say which is like the quote unquote worst faction, I would say probably, you know, straight mercenary is, is probably the worst one, like because they just have the least support, like they have the least sort of amount of flexibility. Um, we- we got to get Mike from Off the Wall Gaming in Massachusetts on here. Let me see if we can reach out to him at some point because he runs a very successful mercenary uh, list, and it's like, and if he's listening, no, no offense, but he, it's like a, it's like a vanilla like Anes list. Like it's, it's just like got a few. Th- it's got like a Bastards Girls. It's got a Flayed Man. It's got a bunch of Bolton Cutthroats. I think he runs it with Roos, and uh, it's just like yeah, like. There's nothing there that's surprising. And he's having so much success with it. And I think he's been playing that for a while. So maybe it'd be cool to get him here just to talk about, like, maybe the tactics he's using. I think he's just got, like, really good at playing it. Um, and the cutthroats but- are definitely an awesome five-point unit. I mean, like, I think – and, you know, the – the oh, gosh, what are the Knights? Oh, Flayed Men. They, they are ludicrously strong. So it's not like they don't have, like, some good stuff to play with. I just feel like, you know – they also have like the least amount of flexibility. I feel like they struggle. Like when I've played them, 
as Lannisters, especially when I have a good amount of Lannister guards, All right. some, you know, um, uh, you know, Knights of Casterly Rock. I feel like a lot of those Bolton units go down really fast. Uh, and and if I have guard captains, I don't care about panic tests that much. You know, then a lot of their tricks don't really make a difference to me. You know. Yeah, I guess you're right. And I guess I'm just wondering now with like the the House Bolton Blackguard. It's a six point unit. It's still not out yet, but it's got that horrific visage. Uh, each time an enemy targets this unit with a melee attack, that enemy suffers a panic test before resolving the attack. That's going to suck for as a free folk player, but I'm not sure that six point unit. Like I kept being like, when that unit comes out, the faction will totally be complete. Um, I'm not sure that really shores up as much of the, the need of that faction. Uh, no. I mean, it is a three plus armored unit. Like it is pretty good. I, I probably should redact what I was saying there, but, <laughs> but I well, don't know. I, it doesn't seem like that's the answer to everything. Like, yeah, this unit now, it's not going to do what the free folk heroes did, but I mean, I'm sure there'll be, they said there was some storm crow stuff. I'm sure down the line, we're going to see some more stuff that makes the neutral faction really good. Uh, I, oh, well, I think we, have, we know the neutral box, the neutral hero box is coming out. Right. We don't, we don't right. Want, yeah. Least... Like Walder Frey and stuff. I mean, there's some really good stuff in there. I'm almost of the mind that, I think I'm worried that down the line, the neutral faction is just going to be like too good. Like they're going to have an answer to everything. And I'd almost like to see like, there'd be like a, Hey, we have like a house Bolton sub faction. And like you, you only play like within the sub faction or something. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it, it depends. I, I think as long as they don't make it too powerful. Cause I think, it, you know, it's sort of like, um, you know, like colorless cards in, in magic. You, you can't make them too good because everyone has access to them. I think that's right. Thing scenarios is they sort of have to like so if they limit them to their own faction like so you have like their best stuff is reserved for when you're playing exclusively that i'm fine with it um but yeah i would agree that you don't want to have like have them be so good but then you can only use half of your army as the mercenary faction so maybe it's not that bad yeah i don't know but it's very wide ranging i guess you know because like down the road once we have like you know four or five different factions and they're not even from the same color there's like the golden company the second yeah. sons we got the storm crows like there's going to be so many factions that go into this catch-all not that impressed with the golden company these days oh <laughs> i heard they're they're really hot right now so i don't know <laughs> they're hot in the streets <laughs> but yeah just get get elephants man like i will play the hell out of some elephants actually scratch that if you're listening Seamon employees forget everything about elephants mammoths i want mammoths for free folk please i said please you think so oh yeah oh, more speculation i think when you can get some height on the board that makes it much 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 more visually interesting like when you have some like crazy monster there i mean i think that's only a matter of time before they start introducing some of that kind of stuff and then uh mikhail uh forsander uh, he actually runs a German podcast and check out uh, Song of Ice Fire CC.com in our lists action section for all the different types of uh, community things that are being created, podcasts, YouTube channels, et cetera. We're updating it more and more, and we're going to have a, a revamp of it at the end of this month. But uh, he actually was asking us about, you know, we've got uh, a bunch of factions out now, right? We've got Starks, Lannisters, the Neutrals, Free Folks, Night's Watch. Now we have Baratheon, Targaryen. That's six factions. Of an, uh, of an, you know, Michael Chanel talked about they're going to be nine or so factions coming out initially. That would be seven factions, right? Oh, can seven. I not count? <laughs> you're like, because well, it's starting. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. So that's going to be, that's actually, it's seven factions. 
And, you know, Michael Chanel was saying that there is going to be around nine or so factions. What do you think the next two factions are going to be? Is it too Greyjoy? early to speculate? What do you think? It's Greyjoy? I think Greyjoy makes sense. Greyjoy, definitely. And I would say probably Martell. I don't think they're going to do Highgarden right away. Yeah. Do you think that would be, that wouldn't make sense? Oh, well, hmm. Would that be allied with Renly? I don't know. I, I almost feel like the Tyrells, I mean, they're a major house for sure, but I wonder if they're going to be treated as their own faction or if you can just like throw those units in a Renly Baratheon aligned Baratheon force. Yeah. I think I it would make sense to have them in that Baratheon. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I mean, so I could be wrong. That's also, you know, wild speculation. Right. And then Mikhail was asking, basically saying, you know, with these two upcoming factions, he's seeing it as getting two more offensive oriented factions. And he's saying, well, you know, what's going to be left over for abilities for those last two, last two factions or not the last two, the next two factions. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I, we know enough about the Baratheons yet to say that they're really an <laughs> offensive oriented faction, right? Yeah, I mean, like, their their ability is to put out a weakened token, which is sort of a defensive... Uh, right, they might be the most defensive faction that we've had. Yeah. Well, think I about, mean, like, like Stannis' like one of key part of his storyline is that they had that crazy siege, right, which was all about protecting themselves and defending. So I think they might mirror more closely what we've seen with some of the Tullys. Right. You know? Yeah, like, I think that, that makes good, sense. Good armor, that kind of stuff. Uh, as for like new abilities for factions, you know, I can never, I never cease to be like amazed at what uh, Michael Chanel comes up with for units or things like that. Like, I feel like he's always popping out some like new ability or new thing. So that's really hard to say. I feel like usually what happens is like something comes out and I'm like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Like I, that, you know, I should have thought of that or something, but. Well, it, you know, this is something we talked about with uh, Ash like a while ago was that like, you know, there's only so many keywords in this game and they can always add more if they want to later on. Uh, but, you know, like things like vicious, sundering, uh, that kind of stuff. Um, but they can do so much creative stuff. It seems like, you know, they've been able to play around with that quite a bit so that everything does feel distinct and does seem to mimic like sort of what you would expect it to feel like, which is, I think, a really important thing in game design is if it's intuitively interesting and, and feels natural, then you're going to have a bunch, you know, it's going to be a much better game. Yeah. But I feel like they can add keywords whenever they want. Like they're like, Hey, guess what? Like now there are these things called faith tokens and they do X, Y, or Z. And it's oh, like yeah. your own like mini faction thing. Um, you know, I, I think it's kind of cool. Mance Raiders, like little aura bubble. There aren't a lot of things that have that. Oh, actually now I guess with 1.4, I think, we have some a few more things where it's like at short range of the unit. I think Tyrion's ability, right, is now like at short range of his unit. Sure, yeah. I wonder yeah. if also to see like more like command bubble things that make commanders more important because I think, and I'm kind of putting words in your mouth here, and I, I mentioned this on the uh, Baratheon Targaryen uh, discussion episode when you weren't here, but I feel like you've often said that you feel like commanders or named characters are often very expensive for what they give. Yeah. I, and yeah. we... And with like Ygret and people like that, they can now kill those named characters. Like you can assassinate them. I wonder if we're going to see units that can kill like regular attachments more easily. And that might give like a boost to named attachments. Like where you can be like, oh, like, I don't know. Um, 
Like, I don't know. I guess they already have Jamie Lannister killing attachments like that are named. I don't know. But you know what I mean? Like other mechanics <laughs> that are like, hey, you're incentivized. It's like you want to take Rob Stark because like, you know, Billy Bob from the blacksmith's office, like mm-hmm. he, he gets targeted by certain abilities like way more easily or. Yeah, you, I mean, you could have a commander whose tactics cards trigger off of units that have named attachments in them. Ooh. I mean, something like that. Yeah. I mean, as far as I would say, you know, if you're looking at like the future, I would say if I was going to speculate, I would say definitely just looking at the front of the box, right? Of like the game boxes, you can see like the house symbols on the front and there's a Kraken right. and a and a sun. So I I feel pretty safe in saying that like, yeah, like probably like the Martells and, and the Greyjoys are next. I would say the Martells, you got to think that they're going to be playing with poison, um, whether that's a whole new token that gets introduced to the game or if it takes the form of like a weekend or a vulnerable token um, or if it has some other game effect, I mean, that would be something that would be really interesting. And uh, of course you have like Spearman, you're going to have uh, the Sand Snakes, Ariel Hota. There's a lot of cool characters uh, in the Martells. Man. Yeah. And I don't know for the Greyjoys, some sort of like rating mechanic. I wonder if we'll see like more things with like, like a deployment shenanigans yeah, like they like, show up behind you. Yeah, I mean, well, already maybe like you know, like they can like you know do the sort of like the oh, what's that uh, night night's watch unit that can you know they attack and then they run away. I think that yeah, be- uh, the ranger hunter. No, the ranger hunters. Yeah, yeah. I mean that feels the trackers are the ones on horses, right? I always mix those up. <laughs> they're not they're not gonna sticking around in com- close combat. They're just gonna like you know do a bunch of damage and then back off. You know, and that would be kind of like sim- I think simulating almost like a raid mechanic is like getting in, attacking, running away. Yeah, and so then I'm excited to see because I feel like honestly, Dorn and or the Martells and uh, the Greyjoys, I, I envision them as like more maneuverable. Yeah, and so, so I think you know starting to see that as a more common thing. I think as like a free folk player or as like a Lannister player. Or especially as like a Baratheon player, you're going to be thinking like, okay, well, how do I like pin things down then, right? If I they can get subjectives faster, they can get around besides me, they can get positioning on me. Like, how do you shut that down more? And I think it'd be fun to expand the game in that way and be like, okay, so how how do you deal with these maneuvering elements? Because I feel like it's different from a game like, you know, X Wing or Legion or Warhammer in that like the tactics board can basically give someone like a double activation, in an attack, a movement. And so, like, you really got to be careful about thinking about, like, what openings you're leaving for the enemy to capitalize on. Right. right. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of wide open space there for them to explore with 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 those two factions, especially. So I'm excited to see what what's coming next. So thank you guys so much for listening. And we'll catch you next week. And in the meantime, I hope you get your miniatures on the table. Beep, 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 beep. beep, 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 beep. <laughs>